0: Sheriff Jack Campbell, good morning, how are you? Good morning, doing great. Let's remind everybody, at least, we're going to talk about something else in a minute, but with the fair now starting a week from Thursday, mm-hmm. let's remind everybody, the sheriff's jurisdiction, the state police jurisdiction, City of Springfield, I know you folks all work together on this. We sure do, up at the corner of uh, Peoria Road and Sangamon Avenue is, is
1: where it all comes together, where we all come into play there, so we'll have a command post up there, probably in the Walgreens parking lot, and uh, we encourage people, if you have an issue, to come out to the command post, but um, you know we'll, We will meet with all the, uh, the law enforcement entities involved and get everything prepared
0: uh, The state police has jurisdiction on the grounds in the grounds mm-hmm. uh, but you guys now but- every once in a while and maybe not for the fair, but every once in a while if there 's a big event in the campground i 've seen uh, maybe some off duty uh, sheriff, sheriff deputies, deputies. Sure, working there.
1: Sure, yeah, again, we're we're all with the fairgrounds. You know, our guys during their shift, they'll go up and go through there. They go to VOSA's for some reason. They of all course, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I like the water. Yeah. I, no, we'll, uh, basically if you think about the northeast uh, section going away from Peoria and Sangamon, yep, is all county jurisdiction, and then city, um, every place else, and then state inside the fairgrounds.
0: Hey, uh, what's the rule uh, when it comes to the county? Uh, people say we well, can't do it in the city. I'm not so sure. People riding golf carts. I know there are some communities. Mm -hmm. But what if it's an unincorporated area is... Is there a rule of law, an ordinance yeah, about there's golf no, carts? The county
1: has no ordinances involving golf carts. So if you're driving a golf cart in an in incorporated Springfield, then you're in violation
0: of the law. Really? Yes. All right. So, no, we understand that. All right. You've been in Texas, bring or were in Texas not too long ago. What was that all about? I was lucky enough to be invited. One of three sheriffs, and there's 102
1: in Illinois, so I was very honored to be one of the three uh, selected to go down to the border and really, my, what I wanted to find out was more about the fentanyl coming across our, our borders down there. And I did find out a lot about how it's produced in China. It comes in through Mexico. It comes in a little bit through Canada. Uh, but we wanted to meet with the stakeholders down at the border. And, and Sam, it started with uh, walking out of the airport in McAllen, Texas, to the hottest uh, temperature I've ever felt in my life. It was 107 air, uh, air temperature and humidity there. So that took your breath away. But it quickly began meeting. Um, we went to different sections of the wall, the Trump wall, the Bush wall, the Texas State wall. Uh, I was surprised about the gaps in the wall. I expected a little bit more continuous uh, coverage there, uh, the different types of walls, how um, immediately on the first day of the Biden administration, they shut it down, and there's wires hanging out where they were going to put cameras up. Um, it just, they just stopped and, and got off their ladders and left everything sitting there. I was also surprised about uh, at one point there's actually eight miles between the Rio Grande and the wall because it was privately owned uh, you know, property down there. Uh, so there, so there's gaps, you know, that, that way too. So um, met with, um, uh, went to Catholic Charities and saw how they, they pick up the, uh, the ball whenever the, the uh, immigrants are processed and released into the country. They have nothing, um, and Catholic Charities gives them food, medication, diapers, you name it, and uh, we met with the, the people there and actually spent a little bit of time volunteering in that facility. So, um, but again, the, the lack of Border Patrol is re- really, I think, what shocked most of us. We really thought we'd see more people patrolling, more vehicles down there, and we saw nothing. Um, and we found out that there's there's 32,000 total border patrol agents for the United States of America. 16,000 are on the 1,900 miles of the southern border down there. So you think Canada is 5,500 miles, but over half of them are actually on the southern border, and it's still not enough.
0: Some people uh, obviously pay attention. A lot of people don't. We get most of our coverage from the media about what's going on at the border. Mm. It's not a high priority with a lot of the national media. They don't do a lot of coverage of it. You were there. From what you saw, your your notions, preconceived notions, before you went down there and then seeing it firsthand, big difference? It was. um, And, and, you know,
1: we, we went to a water treatment facility and met with the owner there right on the Rio Grande. So we were standing at the Rio Grande, and he said, look across the river, every place you see bare dirt is where the immigrants come down and the cartel comes down and uses it to cross the Rio Grande. 13, they have a 13-mile stretch right where his plant is at where there was no place for uh, Border Patrol to put in a boat. So they would find bodies floating. They would find drugs floating, report it, and they said, we can't get to it because there's no boat ramp. So this man built a boat ramp so that the, the federal government could get down into that river to get things out. And by the way, he's on the plant for, I think, about seven or eight years. He's fished 12 bodies out of his plant in that short period of time that are immigrants and um, cartel victims. And he, he, he told the story of... Uh, then every now and then the cartel comes down and they fire shots across the river, not at his people, but they fire shots randomly into the bank. And as a signal for his people to leave because they, they're going to use that boat ramp to bring across their people, their human trafficking, that's it, fentanyl and, and, and still cannabis coming across. And basically they said, we didn't buy this plant to, to die. So they leave and they go, go into McAllen and have a cup of coffee and the cartel does their thing while they're gone.
0: Now, again, you're not exaggerating this. no. This is what's happening on the border. Uh, uh, the, the immigrants, one story, mm-hmm. the drug cartels, open, open, open operation on the Rio Grande or any place else along the border. Almost no resistance. You know, they, they
1: the, the water plant operator will notify the Border Patrol that, hey, this has happened. They fired shots at us. They're probably coming across. The Border Patrol cannot get there. They just spread too thin across that southern border.
0: So what do these people do once they cross with the fentanyl and everything else illegal i mean you can't apprehend them there do they try or do they scatter so quick by the time the border patrol gets there they they apparently scatter quickly and uh you know obviously there's
1: communication where a vehicle comes down to pick up whatever they're bringing across and they quickly uh leave the area and and he didn't mention the border patrol have much success of apprehending these people sam we were in the rio grande valley and a thousand immigrants today illegal immigrants come across that border a Just in the Rio Grande Valley, a thousand a day.
0: Without getting real political in this, but, and we know nothing about these people. No. We don't know if they have records, if uh, they're involved with children, whatever the case might be. We don't even know. They're not necessarily all from Mexico. We don't, we have no idea. No,
1: he said they're actually, we talked to a retired Border Patrol agent uh, who was very open and honest and not happy about how things are going. And now he can speak freely because he's retired, but he said they're seeing more and more. Uh, from China, more and more from the Middle East. It's not just all Hispanics the way I think we all picture it.
0: Bring me up to date on the fentanyl situation here in central Illinois. So uh, you, Jim
1: and uh, has given me a lot of his stats as I've been giving talks, and every year we're setting records of, of overdose deaths due to fentanyl. And I think he, uh, it's well over 80% now of the overdose deaths are fentanyl. And this despite almost every first responder um, having Narcan. And, and and Narcan being given out freely to public health. We give it out when they leave the county jail. Nar- Narcan is making more and more saves these people that would have died, and yet we're still still climbing and, and uh, having records
0: set every year. So fentanyl is the scourge of what's going on in our society today. How's it being sold here locally? Obviously illegally. Are there dealers? There are people here in central Illinois? Absolutely, and, and you can actually order this up by, by the Internet. You can order one tablet.
1: You think you're getting... Um, you know, ecstasy, you think you're getting Percocet, and it's nothing but pressed fentanyl. And, and Sam, the other thing is people, uh, they're lacing it into every drug there is on the street, and, and cannabis. You know, 30 years ago, you know, high school kids were trying cannabis and everything. Yeah. Nowadays, one attempt at this, and it's got fentanyl in it, it can kill you with the very
0: first time you ever tried it because it's laced into it. Do you think there's a still, with all the legal dispensaries now for marijuana, cannabis, whatever, uh, do you think there's still a... a Sizable street market and how does it exist? It because the prices are cheaper. Yes, well, it's it's a gray market. You know, you just call it was called a black market. Okay. now it's a gray
1: market again right. because it is legal. And uh but no, it absolutely exists. I don't think it's a it's a giant market, but it's certainly out there. And and again, because of the the potency of what's being uh you know uh, grown and sold legally, uh, and it's very very expensive. It's over four hundred dollars an, an ounce, um, which is very expensive. Uh, so again, they they kind of created a gray market where. People just can't afford what's legal.
0: You were involved with the legalization, were you not, when you were at the uh, Department of Agriculture? Um, medical. Medical, so I'm <laughs> sorry. The I medical. testified against legalization. Not legal. the recreational, yes, yeah, no, no, yeah, the medical. The
1: med- yeah, we helped start it. Um, Director Philip Nelson hired me sure. at the Department of Agriculture and uh, very proud of the work we did there. I was I was very, very much a watchdog over that industry, and which is why Director Nelson wanted to hire me.
0: Why were you so act so active? Why were you active against the legalization of marijuana for recreational purposes? We to this day, and this really shocks me. There is no uh,
1: court admissible uh, roadside test to tell us if you're intoxicated, if you're impaired to be on the road, um, and that safety on our roadways. I've got four grandchildren. I know you have grandchildren, and this this scares me still to this day that we don't have anything, um, and I still look at it as a gateway drug. Um, it's just you know, young kids are getting more and more into this, and at a young age, uh, from what I have read, that permanently can affect your development of your brain. And it just it scares me that, that you know, that they, the kids have this this idea that, well, it's legal if I'm a certain age, um, and so they think it's okay to start, just like, you know, Andre's drinking. But this is, has much more, I think, negative effects on our long-term brain health.
0: So did we sell out because of the revenue governments can I make? I believe 100% we did. We sold out what may be best for the country's future, mm-hmm. best for the state's future, so the government can have more dollars to spend on government programs. You heard it
1: for years. Why don't we just legalize it and tax it?
0: They just they're, the, the government wants
1: more and more tax money, and this is a this is a cash cow for them. Were we losing the war on drugs? Yes, again, but it, it's because of policies and laws that that is is taking away law enforcement's ability to do our job, as we see in many categories. I think across the country and um and i think that we were losing it and you know we we it, it, right now with uh, having open borders basically down there they're, they're they're muling it across they're they're putting it on people that are also being uh, human trafficked so they you know they get double the bang for it they they use these people they make money off these people plus they're, they're bringing drugs across
0: with them sure jack campbell there are people saying though well you guys are being hypocritical because because you don't have any problem with alcohol i do have a problem with alcohol and, and uh but, you know, it's how
1: many mind-altering substances are we willing to put into our society? I understand, you know, alcohol's been around forever. We tried prohibition. It didn't work. Um, and and, and but the other thing is we have a way to detect if you are impaired on the road. And, uh, again, with cannabis, we do not, and, and I just can't believe it. But, you know, I, I'm not in favor of, you know, you know, getting more alcohol in the street either and, and, or, or re- changing the, the, the minimum
0: drinking age. Or, you know, alcohol is just not good for our society either. Are you surprised at the appetite uh, for recreational marijuana here in Spring Sangamon County? Central yeah, Northern. actually,
1: I was. Again, I, I, I saw too. it in, yeah. in the medical program. We saw abuse. People that had uh, that were supposed to be medical patients, and they we had reports, and we had the state police investigate people coming out of dispensaries and immediately walk around the corner and selling it to people. So you know, we had to revoke their their patient cards. So yes, um, it, it, it's definitely being abused.
0: So the fentanyl. Let's I'll go back. Fentanyl is being pr- pr- produced. In places like China. In China, almost exclusively. exclusively in China. Mm-hmm. It, they get it over here, uh, here in some of the Central American countries. Mm-hmm. Eventually comes across the border. Mm-hmm. And what did you say, Jim Allman, that, that I found that staggering? That, that um, our, our number of uh, overdose deaths
1: are continuing to increase every single year, and, and the number that are fentanyl is increasing. So uh, well, I think it's well over 80% uh, of, of the overdose deaths here in Salmon County are due to fentanyl. How frustrated are the people working the border, the border agents oh, and
0: people you talk to?
1: Very, very. Again, these are very good men and women that, that are just trying to do their job, and they keep being, you know, uh, subverted here of, of, of their attempts to apprehend people, to build the wall. Everybody knows if you build the wall, that's that's going to take care of a lot of these problems. You control where they come through. I think we're all open for immigration, but do it legally. Legal
0: immigration. Absolutely. And, um, so you know, I saw now
1: the Texas governor has the boys down there right. floating, and the government's trying to sue him over that. That man's simply trying to protect his state. That's his job, and and these, you know, you look at New York City complaining about the the handful that come into there, and this man has a thousand a day coming across just the Rio Grande Valley.
0: Let's finalize and finish up on a very positive note. Tell me about your son and what's going on. You're heading to Wisconsin My for the My son-in-law, day or two. yeah, yeah, son
1: law excuse yeah, me, Casey Acre He's uh, he's heading up. Uh, he went up yesterday to Madison, Wisconsin. To uh, he's going for the 3 threepeat in the CrossFit Games. He's an adaptive athlete. Okay, and um, uh, you know, I, last year he set a record uh, in the games by winning every single event he was in. So uh, he's very proud of him, and we're going to go up and support him. And his, his kids will be cheering him on from the stands, and uh, it's going to be an exciting week.
0: How How old a fellow is he?
1: Uh, oh, 33. I think you oh got me my off guard. Gosh. No, I take no. Gosh darn it, he's only thirty. Yeah. What
0: 30. Are, What are the physical challenges he faces? Uh, so he was born uh,
1: missing his lower left arm, right below the elbow joint. So he's able to use the joint, and that really assists him. Uh, but he's in what they call the upper uh, extremity adapted division. And uh, it, it, if I suggest people can get onto social media and watch some of his videos. It's, he's incredibly strong, uh, just a natural athlete, played uh, high school football and basketball and, and state qualifier in the miles. So he's got, a, he's got an engine that keeps him going.
0: Unbelievable. Jack Campbell, is always great to see Thanks you. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Anytime you know that, open, open door, open invitation. Anytime you want to stop by, don't see you before, see you at the fair.